Turn, please, in the scriptures to uh, Revelation, the third chapter. Revelation 3 and verse 20. The scripture said that the Lord said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If, everybody say if. If any man, that's male man or female man, hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him. And he with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To him that overcomes. Will I grant to sit with me. In my throne. Somebody say. Wow. 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 That just sounds almost too big. To be true. But you know it's true. Because you just heard him say it. To him that overcomes. Will I grant to sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne? He's saying that what happened to him, he humbled himself and submitted to the father's will and has now been raised and caused to sit at the right hand of majesty on high. He's telling us if we'll follow his example. A similar thing is happening with us. As I said, wow. Wow doesn't say it. Doesn't express it. But we're talking about something really amazing here. Verse 22, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Back up to verse 20 again. And notice this. This great revelation that much of the church world has turned a deaf ear to and rejected. What do you mean, Brother Keith? The Lord said, I'm sovereign. And when I get ready for something to happen, it will happen. And when I get ready to come into you and see you and deal with you, I'm coming in. Why did I say that? Millions of Christians believe that. Many, many ministers and theologians believe this and preach this and teach this. I actually had a guy come down the aisle one day when I, after I got through preaching. He was a, a minister and he was over some other ministers. And he was livid. He was indignant. He said I want you to know something. He said. When God gets ready for you to do something. By God you're going to do it. Well he's almost cussing. What does that mean by God? I said no you're not. <gasps> <laughs> oh, he was upset. Just because you get upset, that don't make something true. No, it doesn't. And just because you believe something, 
It don't make it true. How many really believe this? It still don't make it true. If God or God was going to make anybody do anything, he would make them get saved and save them from hell. Because this is eternity we're talking about. Not just a few days down here. He would make everybody receive him as Lord and be saved. Is he going to do that? No, sir. Not if you believe the Bible. If you believe the Bible, what's he going to do? Who's knocking? Who's at the door? The head of the church. The Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. Can he get in if he wants to? Yeah. Yeah, he's got. <laughs> he could speak to the door to dematerialize. He could translate you outside with him on the porch. There's a lot of things he could do. Power-wise. Is he going to do it? No, because it would contradict who he is. He is not a forcer. He is not a coercer. Contrary to what millions believe and teach, he doesn't make anyone do anything. Have you read enough of the Bible to, to know what I'm talking about? What does he do? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now this is not just a physical knock. If it is, everybody would hear it. Where is this knock? And where is this door? It's on the door of your heart. And it's real. You don't hear it with your ears. It's not a physical sensation. God is spirit. You are spirit. And he's talking about the, the calling and the prompting and the dealings of the Holy Spirit in our life. How many in here opened the door? How many know you did? You opened the door. There was a time. You can point back. I know when it was with me. I was 13 years old. Opened the door and said what? Come in. Sir. Lord. Come in to my heart. Come in to my life. I yield even though you might not have used that word, you did it. I yield myself to you. I submit, even though you didn't, might not have used the word, you did it. I yield, I submit to your lordship. I want you in my life. I'm, I'm inviting you into my life. Hallelujah. 
that's not just how we get born again. That's how he deals with us after we get born again. He doesn't, you know, he's not just knocking on your door trying to get you to accept him as Lord. You've already done that. But he'll endeavor to be your Lord in all the affairs of life. And his spirit who indwells us will deal with you and me. He'll prompt you. And it's up to us if we respond or not. And it's up to us when we respond. And it's up to us how we respond, whether we do it partially and whether it takes us a long, long time to do it or whether we do it quickly and whether we do it completely. But he's still, even after you've been saved 40 years, he's not going to make us do anything. Even though it's his perfect plan and his perfect will and even though it would bless us so much if we would do it and it would make us a blessing to other people so much, he won't make us do it. You can procrastinate for 20 years while the Spirit of God is knocking at your heart about this thing or that thing. So we should be interested in yielding to him. Responding to him. How many think child of God should want to be a good responder, a a quick responder, a full responder? Wouldn't you like the Holy Spirit to find you easy to work with? (laughs) I'm sure glad he's got the patience of the Almighty. Because if it was you or I, I'm sure after you brought up something to somebody for the 89th time over a period of 12 years, you might begin to get fed up. But thank God, His mercy endures forever. That's one of the things that I am in awe of God about is his patience. You talk about off the charts. His patience is amazing. It's just, it's beyond words. He will say something and it'll come to pass 10,000 years later. (laughs) Whoo! And you think you've been standing for three months and it's a long. (laughs) And he'll deal with people in his mercy and patience. Sometimes multiple generations. And you know, you're ready to write somebody off your list after two weeks. If they act ugly enough. He can get angry. But he is slow. To anger. And you, you're like your father too, right, aren't you? This is an opportunity for you to make a good confession. You are like your father. 
Somebody say, I am quick to listen. I'm slow to speak. And I'm slow to get angry. That's being godly. This quick temper, this flying into a rage is being devilish. You wind up yielding to wrong spirits. You don't want to do that. That's why people say, man, I I didn't mean to say all that. Well, who did mean to say it? I I didn't even know I said all that. Well, who was at the wheel? Who was driving? You yielded to a bad spirit, evil spirit. That don't mean that you're possessed. It don't mean that you're lost. It just means you yielded to something bad and you need to stop. Stop it. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. Read it again. If. Somebody say if. If. What does if mean? If you do this, this is going to happen. If you don't do this, it's not going to happen. So who's this up to? God? No, it's not up to God. Who's controlling this? God? God controlling whether you open the door or not. Whether you yield. No, he's not. No, he's not. If any man, anybody, will hear my voice... So this is responding to his voice, isn't it? This knocking has to do with his voice. The Lord wouldn't have to pound his hand against the door to knock. His voice is knocking at the heart, the door of your heart. Anybody ever had the Lord deal with you about anything? Have you? It just, it just kept coming to you? Maybe it was there a couple of days ago, and then you, when you got quiet, there it was again. You got busy doing different things, and you hadn't thought about it for days, but you come to church and get still and get under the Word, and there it is again. You start reading your chapter and get quiet for a few minutes, there it is again. Is that right? Lay down on the bed and, and, and start praying for a little bit and get quiet, and there it is. Wake up in the morning before anything has a chance to hit your mind. And it was there when you woke up. What is that? That's the voice of the Lord knocking on the door of your heart. If anyone will hear my voice and what? Open the door. How do you open the door? It's a yieldedness. It's a response. You open, you've done it already before. It's not something that's foreign to you. You had to open the door to get born again. How'd you do it? You responded. And you acted on the promptings of the Holy Spirit. To me, that's one of the best definitions of yielding. What does it mean to yield to the Lord? You act on the promptings of the Holy Spirit. That's yielding. He prompted, maybe you were in a service somewhere. He prompted you to get up and go down to the front in the altar call. 
How many did that? I want to see. Raise your hand. He prompted you. Look at that. Me too. What'd you do? What's another phrase for that? You opened the door. And what did he do when you opened the door? He came in. And he said, I'll never leave you. So he's still there. Oh, somebody ought to shout about that. I said, well, it just don't feel like he's there. You need to forget feelings. He either tells the truth or he doesn't. Feelings are fickle. They can change morning to night. Night to afternoon. No. He said I'll never. Leave you. Or forsake you. So he's still there. You let him in. You let him in. Come on and say yes I did. I, I let him in. So where is he? He's still there. He's still there. He hasn't left. Hallelujah. The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. And a defeated foe. And greater is he. That is still in me. Than he that is in. The world. He's in me. Oh man that will change your life. Just right there. Just Come on put your hands on your chest. And your stomach. And say he's in me. He's in me. He's in me. He lives in me. He dwells in me. He abides in me. 24-7. Glory to God. He's in me. Because by the grace of God, I let him in. If you hadn't let him in, he wouldn't be in you. And you'd be lost. You probably wouldn't be here tonight. You'd be doing something else or already going off the earth. Thank God. Thank God. He helped us to be able to respond to him and open the door and say, please, Lord, come in. And he said, if you'll do it, if you'll hear my voice, if you'll respond to me, if you yield to me, and open the door. Then you've done your part. It's his move. And that's where you, you want the ball in his court. That's where you want it. So many people think it is. They, they're waiting on God to move and don't realize they're holding the ball. You, you got to do your part before the ball's in his court, in his hands. But if you're here, if you'll open, now he said, I'm going to do something. I will come into him. And that's when you got born again. And you knew something had happened to you. Right? You knew something happened to you. And I'll sup with him and he with me. That is communion. And sup, having supper or dinner with somebody means you eat the same things at the same table. And if we're having a casserole and potatoes and cornbread for supper, then when you and I get through with the meal, we shared the same table. We wound up with the same food on our plates. We shared the same conversation. And when we left, I had casserole and potatoes in me, and you had casserole and potatoes in you. The same casserole 
and potatoes. We're not just talking about me and you supping together. We're talking about you and the Lord supping together and having the same thoughts. And man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Spirit food is not just casserole and cornbread. That don't last long enough, and it goes away, and it don't feed your spirit. When the Lord speaks to you, it's food Hallelujah. And it's drink indeed and it's food indeed that will cause you not to thirst and not to hunger. Cause you to be completely satisfied and fulfilled. And after the meal in the fellowship time, you've got some of the same things in you Jesus has in him. Because we supped together. We dined together. We communed together. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Everybody okay? Thanks be to God. Go with me please to the book of Romans, the sixth chapter, and let's talk some more about this. Romans chapter six, verse 11. Romans 6.11 says, Likewise, reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, if you felt dead to sin, you wouldn't have to reckon yourself dead to sin. You will be tempted to sin. Every child of God. You still got flesh. Your flesh hasn't changed. You still got a, a mind that needs to be renewed to think like God. You're, you're in a world that's full of sin and temptation. But you can reckon yourself dead to sin. When something pulls on your flesh, pulls on you, You need to say, lay down, dead man. (laughs) And it wouldn't hurt you to just open your mouth and say, I'm dead to that. Even though you don't feel dead to it, your flesh may be screaming for it. It'll help you. You'll be giving the Holy Spirit something to work with if you'll confess and say, I'm dead to that. That's your spirit exercising authority over your flesh. And if you, folks haven't realized it yet, but you can control your flesh with the inner man. The inner man can get stronger and stronger, and the flesh can get weaker. Talking about the the pulls and desires of the flesh. They can get weaker and weaker as the spirit man gets stronger and stronger. And the flesh can, even you may not hear a voice, but its longings and its desires are saying, I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to do that. And the spirit can say, shut up. You're dead. You are dead, dead, D-E-D, dead. And I know that was misspelled. Don't send me a letter. Dead. Lay down, dead man. Yeah, but you know, something starts pulling on you and desires, grab it by the throat, slam it back down in the casket and say, shut up. That's 
Lay down, dead man. You've got to reckon yourself. Call it that. Treat it that way, even though it doesn't feel that way. But I'm alive to God. I'm dead to sin. I'm alive to God. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Galatians talks about this. Romans talks about this. The conflict between the flesh and the spirit. Again, when we got born again, it wasn't our flesh. It was the inner man. The outer man is in the same condition as Joe Sinner that never got saved. And your flesh will do anything you let it do. And it will go right back to the junk it was delivered from if you let it. That's too quiet in here. Y'all knew this, didn't you? Just because you get born again, even though the Lord does great things in your life, that doesn't mean you don't have flesh anymore. It doesn't mean you're not going to be tempted. It's not going to be pulled on. But we don't have to let sin reign. In our mortal body, we can reckon ourselves dead to sin. That you should obey it, sin, in the lust thereof. What is sin? Sin is violation of light. To him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. Sin has to do with what you know better. You know you shouldn't be doing it. But you're doing it. And you're saved. And you read scriptures and you talk in tongues. What's going on? What's going on? You're letting sin have some dominion in your life. You gave it the place. Do you have to? No, you don't. No, you don't. Don't let sin. The understood subject here is you. You are not to let sin reign in your mortal body. You are not to allow it. That's good news. If the Lord told you don't do it, that means you have the ability. He wouldn't tell you to do something you can't do. Verse 13. Neither what? Yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Can you, can you as, a, as a born again child of God, can you yield your, the members and parts of your body to things that are wrong? Yeah, yeah you can. Can you take your hand and slap somebody? Yeah. That you got no business slapping. That's right. That you should have never raised your hand. And slapped. Right. Well, whose hand is it? Your hand. I don't know why my hand did that. <laughs> hand? What is going on? <laughs> nah, it's your hand. Right. You got mad, and you reached up and slapped them, yeah. or hit them, or whatever you did. That was an example of yielding a member to un- to something that was unright, yeah. not right. As something that you knew better. Right. And was sin. Yes. Right. Can you yield. The tongue. Yes. 
Oh, we're getting into something now, aren't we? Is the tongue a member of the body? It is, in fact, the controlling member, according to James. Can you yield your tongue and say things that you shouldn't have said? Things that weren't right. Things that hurt people. Hmm? Well, what did you do? You yielded that member to something that was unright, not right. You yielded that member to sin. And what is he telling us? Don't do that. Don't yield your members of not right and sin, but yield yourselves to God. You may think I've digressed. But there are spiritual influences around the outside of us. And thank God as a child of God, there are spiritual influences on the inside of us too. And it's up to us which influence we yield to. There are influences out here. I mean, you can be going along just doing real great. And all at once, a thought and feeling come to you. And if you're not smart, you'll just yield to it and go, I was having a good day. And now I just feel yucky. I just, I feel bad. Why are you yielding to it? Just because a thought came your way, you have to lose the victory? Just because a feeling comes to you? You have to go home and and put a cool cloth on your head? That's being an ignorant baby who is clueless about how things work in the world and in life. No, a wrong thought, wrong feelings come to us all. Everybody that lives on planet Earth lives in the middle of all this stuff. And thoughts and feelings can come to your mind and come to your emotions completely unexpected and uninvited. And when it does, you need to identify it. Go, hold on now, where'd you come from? Where did this thought come from? Because I got a list here. Whatever's true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report, virtuous, praiseworthy, and you ain't on the list. (laughs) So we're not letting you in. You're knocking on the door. See, other influences will knock on your door besides the Lord. That was worth you coming to church tonight, right? Right there. Other influences are knocking on your door, trying to get in to your mind, to your feelings. If you let it, your your heart. The Bible said, let us cleanse ourselves of all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. He said that to Christians, 2 Corinthians 7th chapter. The enemy's trying to get in too. Don't let him in. The enemy wants you to yield your mouth to him. He wants you to berate people and cuss people 
He wants you to yield your feet to him and go places you shouldn't go. He wants you to yield your hands to him and hit people and do things and steal. He wants you to yield to him. But what's the Spirit of God saying? Don't do that. Don't Don't give the devil something to work with in you. I know that's one of the... uh, One of the things that have shook me the most is when I have realized in times past that I let the enemy use me to accomplish something he wanted to do or to hurt somebody. Can a Christian, even a good church going, tongue talking, Scripture quoting, faith believing Christian yield their tongue to the devil. Yeah, they can. And if you just say everything that comes across your mind and if you get mad and go into fits of of rage, go into fits of depression and all this other stuff, you will wind up saying and doing things that is actually the enemy talking through you. Somebody say no. 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 No, no. This temple, this vessel, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Is that right? Can you see what he's saying? Don't do that. Don't let the devil use God's temple to accomplish something evil. Yield yourselves to God. Yield Yield your mind to God. Yield your tongue to God. My hands don't hurt. My hands lay hands. Yeah. Right, man. Hallelujah. Yeah. My hands pray. Right. My hands work right. and help people. Come on, are y'all with me? Amen. My feet don't go to bad places. My feet go to good places. Yeah. Right? right? And your whole body can take on, even your kidneys and your liver can take on kingdom significance. Hallelujah. Because it's processing things so that the other members can do godly stuff. Oh, did you get that? Come on. Come on. Your pancreas, your pituitary gland can take on kingdom significance because it's doing its job so that this can do its job and that can do its job so that you can pop out of the bed and go, hallelujah, I'm ready to do something for God. Come on, can you see that? But if you let him, the enemy is so tricky. He, he will never come to you in a red suit and a pitchfork and say, I would like for you to work with me today. And I want to use your mouth and I want to use your mind and I want to use your hands. What would you say? No. no. But have Christians worked with the devil? Yeah. Too many times. Read it again. Verse 13. Neither, in other words, you don't yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but yield yourselves to God. Come on, say that phrase with me. Yield yourselves to God. Would you need to tell Christians, yield yourself to God? He's writing to the saints at Rome. These are Christians he's writing to. Yeah, yeah, Christians need to be told. Don't yield yourself to the enemy. You don't lose your will just because you got saved. That's right. You can yield anything you want to. That's right. Good or bad. That's 
But don't be foolish. Don't let the enemy use you. Yield yourselves to God. Come on, say it again. Yield yourselves to God. Say it again. Yield yourselves to God. One more time. Yield yourselves to God. How many think that just sounds like a wonderful idea for a child of God to do? But who's going to do it? You have to do it. I have to do it. If we don't do it, it won't get done. You yield yourself to God as those that are alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Everything we are, everything we have should be consecrated, dedicated to God's service and use. How many think that's a good idea? People say, well, everything I have is God's. Not if you don't give it to him. Not if you don't make it available to him. It's just empty talk. Should, I mean, every day when we get up, we have a limited amount of hours in that day. We have a limited amount of strength before we get tired. We've got a limited amount of mental brightness and ability before we get tired. We've got a limited amount of space and time where we can be and what we can do in that day. Limited amount of money and things. Should our bodies, our time, our money, our talents, our graces, should they be available? Should we make them available to the Father and say, here I am, use me. Send me. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll give what you want me. I'll go where you want me to go. How many think that that's the life to live? Do most people live that life? Not to much of a degree. But it's up to us. And even if you've done it to a degree, you can come up to a greater degree. And how many think time is short? We should not be wasting any time. Because we're going to look up in a little bit and it's going to be our last day down here. And we won't have any more time to give him down here. Don't yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. But yield yourselves to God. As those that are alive from the dead. I am not a dead spirit. I am not a child of the devil. He is no longer my father. I've been born again. And I've been translated out of the kingdom and family of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. I'm not a dead spirit. I'm a living spirit. And I'm alive unto God. Hallelujah. And I live for him. I don't live for the devil. I live for God. I don't yield my time and members and resources to the devil to accomplish evil and destructive and harmful things. He wants to steal. He wants to kill. He wants to destroy That's not my nature. He's not my father. Love is my nature. The love of God has been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And my nature is giving. My nature is living and giving. (laughs) I give to live and I live to give. Verse 14, for sin 
shall not have dominion over you. There are times in our lives we need to speak to the sin. If we've yielded to it repeatedly, we need to point our finger and say, you will not dominate me. Don't get too quiet because people will notice. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about everybody. We're all in the same boat on this. You think I've messed up? I don't have to think. I know you have. Just look straight ahead. Say it out loud. Sin shall not dominate me. It won't have dominion over me. What does that mean? It won't control me. It doesn't. You, sometimes you need to point to things and say, you don't control me. You don't control me. You don't have dominion over me. Why? Because that's not usually what people do. They've missed it for the 40th time. And so they feel so bad and they're condemned. And they just fall over to the side and go, what is wrong with me? I, I can't stop. I've tried everything and it, nothing works. And I can't stop and I can't quit doing this. Then you're in trouble. You are going to be dominated by that sin. Because you believe a lie. But even though you just did it again five minutes ago, let me tell you how to break it. You point to it and you say, I'm dead to you. Oh, come on. Somebody needs to be talking. I'm dead to you. And you will not dominate me. Sin will not have dominion over me. I'm a child of God. The greater one lives on the inside of me. I'm dead to sin. And I'm alive to God. Set no matter how it feels, no matter how many mistakes you've made, I'm dead to sin. And I'm alive to God. I'm dead to sin. You reckon it that way. You call it that way. And in calling those things, even if they feel not and be not in some ways, they become. Changes will happen. Sin will not have dominion over you. For you're not under the law, but under grace. Under the law, they were not born again. They didn't have the greater one living on the inside of them. They didn't have the authority of the name of Jesus. They weren't born again. They weren't alive spiritually. So sin dominated them. And all they could do was each year the priest would come and offer the sacrifices and cover over the sins for another year. Not even dealing with the sin, not removing the sins, just covering them. Our sins are not covered. I said our sins are not covered. The blood of the Lamb of God is not like the blood of a bull or a goat. That covered sin for 12 months. The blood of the lamb has washed away. It's not there. Purged our sins. Washed away. We're not covered by the blood. We're washed by the blood. Hallelujah. We're washed. And, and the washing of the blood results in life living there's life in the blood so the blood cleanses and the blood quickens causes us to live I'm not under the law I'm under grace verse 15 what then shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace 
God forbid. We don't want the devil using our members. Even if we can be forgiven again. And are not under the law. Even if we can be cleansed. Who wants to help the devil do his work? Who wants to be an instrument of things that are not right? Hurting other people. Damaging situations. No, no. Somebody say, I'm dead to that. I'm dead to that. Shall we sin because we're not under law but under grace? God forbid. Verse 16. Know you not to whom ye what? Yield. Are we still talking about opening the door and letting it in? We can open the door and let the Lord in. Let the Holy Spirit influence us. Or we can open the door, let the enemy in. Let him influence us. Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves, servants to obey, his servants you are, to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. See, can you see that's what the devil wants? He lost us. We're no longer in his family. But he's an outlaw. He don't care about, he still wants to treat us like his servant. Wants us to be, wants us to serve him. He's nothing to me. He's not my father. He's certainly not my Lord. I'm not his child. I'm not his servant. Not my heart, not my mind, not my tongue, not my hand, not my time, not my money. How many don't want to yield, you don't want to yield anything to the enemy? Not one little, you don't want to, you know what the scripture says, neither give place to the devil. Don't give him any place. Is that going to happen automatically or are you going to have to stay on your toes and watch what thoughts and feelings you're yielding to and what influences you're responding to? Know you not to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey? Whether of sin unto death. Come on, sit out loud again. I am not, I am not the, servant of sin. the servant of sin. I'm dead to sin. I'm dead to sin. And sin, and sin doesn't, dominate doesn't dominate me. It shall not. It, shall not. it, will, not it will not have dominion, have dominion and, control and control over me. Over me. Praise, God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Verse 17, but God be thanked. You were, that's how we started, wasn't it? Thanks yes. be to God. Yes. God be, what's, what, what goes with God be thanked? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Thanks be to God. You were the servants of sin. But, but you have obeyed from the heart, that form of doctrine from the heart. That form of doctrine that was delivered to you. When that was preached to you. What was going on? When that was preached to you. Have you ever sat in the word. And the word was coming forth. And the spirit of God was knocking on your heart. Saying hey. You going to let me in with this? This is true. This is right. You going to let me in? You going to let me in? You, you open the door of your heart. You let that teaching and doctrine come into you. Verse 18. And being made free. I told you you were free. Free from sin. Dead to sin. Free from sin. Sin doesn't have dominion over me. Being made free from sin, you became the servants 
Not of sin. Not of unright. But the servants of righteousness. Morning, noon, and night. I yield my mind to the Holy Spirit. I yield my words to the Word of God. To the Lord. I yield my hands to do good and right things. I yield my feet to go to good and right places. Come on. I yield. I'm a servant. Not of sin. But of right. I'm a servant of right. I yield my members to right. Hallelujah. Verse 19. I speak after the manner of men. Because of the infirmity or weakness of your flesh. As you have yielded. Your members. Servants to uncleanness. And to iniquity unto iniquity. A lot of folks. In this room. And watching online. Really yielded to sin. I'm talking about even before you got saved. Listen how quiet it is in here. I mean. Just look straight ahead. I mean folks. Didn't just yield to the first or second level. You yielded to levels 8, 9, and 10. I mean, you just kept on yielding and kept on taking it another level and another measure. And we're really, not, not, you didn't just know a few cuss words. I mean, you could teach people how to cuss. You, you didn't just experiment with a few drugs. I mean, you, you knew the pharmacopoeia of drugs. You had personal experience with most of them. And, and you understand what I'm saying? You, you yielded extensively. What's he saying? Just like you did that, now yield to the Holy Spirit and just keep on yielding and just keep on yielding and keep on yielding. And like you really sinned when you sinned, come on, really yield to the Holy Spirit now. Come on, don't just play church and show up once a month. Really yield and keep on yielding and keep on going. Hallelujah. Until you're not just one that talks in tongues once in a while. You help other people get filled with the Spirit. You're not just one who believes in healing. You walk in health and minister healing to others. You're not just one that believes God might help you make a payment. You get out of debt and you bless other people. And you help finance mission work. I mean you just yield and keep on yielding. And keep on yielding your members as servants to righteousness unto holiness. Can you say amen? amen? Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.